everyone and welcome to today's episode of Brick Nation. I'm your host, the Sideline Statsman, and today we're talking about the ESPN documentary that we've all been watching, The Last Dance. I know I'm a little behind thanks to everything that's been going on in the last week over the draft, but we're finally back to our normal schedule, and now we can start talking about The Last Dance and all the other topics. So today, it's about episodes one all the way to four. I'm just going to talk about the most important points, and I want to explain each important point that came up in each episode. So like for episode one, why would Krause want to dismantle the team? In episode two, was Pippen wrong to demand a trade and sit out? In episode three, should I talk about the Bulls winning three times in a row without Rodman, could they do that? And for episode four, did Rodman's vacation help the Bulls the most? Or should they have not let him go on vacation and continue to play him? Again, I'm going to give you guys the answers to that and what and why the Bulls did what they did, especially Phil Jackson. But that's all coming up right now on this episode of Brick Nation. So without further ado... Let's get right into it. Over the next three weeks, and over the past five total, for this documentary, The Last Dance is going to be talking about the story of the 98-99 Bulls on their way to their final championship, and also the last finals the Bulls will ever go to. It looks into the ideas of Michael Jordan on his way out into retirement. Pippen wanting to leave for not being compensated and looked at his value properly on the team. And Rodman just getting to that point where he felt that it wasn't right to be on the Bulls anymore, especially with the fact that if the two of them are gone. And then Phil Jackson finding out, no matter what you do, you're out, you're off. This is your final season as the coach, in Jerry Krause's words. It's a lot of different things that we don't know about that we get to see behind the scenes for the first time through this documentary. And I think it really opens the eyes to all basketball fans and everyone in general just to see how a dynasty could fall apart so quickly and the different factors that tie into it. So for me, what I like about this is that being a teenager who was not born in the the 90s, who's actually a 2000s kid, I feel like it's great to look at a team and watch players who I never got to see play because I was too young and I didn't I wasn't around. So watching this I get to see the greatness that was Michael Jordan. And trust me, I'm not going to go into the argument of Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. My focus is on the strict topic of the Chicago Bulls and the 99 team. Because that was the last great Jordan Rodman Pippen team. It's the last good one, even with all the controversy that surrounded it. So first, let's talk about episode one and go into the main question with that. So episode one opened up uh, a can of worms for us because we finally got to see what kind of a person Jerry Krause was. He wasn't always this egotistical guy who craved championships and was willing to do anything he could to control that. He wanted control of everything, and he believed the organization was more important than the players, which... In some aspects, very few aspects, but in some, there are instances where the organization will be considered more important than the players. But overall, the players should never be overlooked by the organization. 
It's all about if you don't have the players and the talent to match for the organization, then you won't be successful. It doesn't matter what organization you have, what management you have. No players, no talent equals you're going nowhere. You're going to sit at the bottom of the totem pole. Some teams are in that today. I can't name them for you, but I know that there are teams out there who have, who don't have the talent but have great management. And for me, that speaks a lot to what the NBA was like back then. So you look into Kraus here, and I see a guy who really was nice, he was very quiet, and he always knew how to build a team. However, he was not very good at maintaining it. They had it for a long time. They were blessed to get Jordan. They were blessed to have Pippen. And after winning the 91 finals, they were blessed to get Rodman. So you ask me, I think this is a very lucky team. And Kraus was a very lucky person. What I do not believe in is what Kraus did in that final season. Let me explain. The question I'm going to ask is, why is Kraus going to dismantle the five-time champions. And it, it comes down to a few things. He doesn't have a good relationship with Phil Jackson. If you don't have a good relationship with the coach, there's no point of having the coach on your roster. And it's true. As much as that coach may have brought so much success to you, if he's not helping you and the team, or you see it that way, then get rid of him. The problem is, he was doing great things for the team and, was one, and is arguably the greatest basketball coach of all time. There's no doubt in my mind that it shouldn't have happened. But because Jackson had problems with Kraus on a personal level, Kraus made the ultimate decision saying, I don't care if you go 82-0 and win every game this year and get a championship. You are not coming back next year. And to a coach, that really hurts. After everything you've done for this city... The guy who gave you your start is telling you you are gone after being so successful for so long. And it makes you wonder, what if Jackson actually stayed with Chicago and this didn't happen? How would it affect Kobe Bryant and the Lakers? It's a bunch of different moving pieces here that are affected by this one decision. Now, I think the easiest answer to that question that I'm asking here is just the one I said in the beginning. Jerry Krause's ego got in the way. He may have been this shy guy who knew how to build a team, but once you start winning so much and always getting titles, that takes a toll on a person's mind. They start to get that superior complex. And because of that, I think Jerry Krause's decision-making was affected. He wanted to keep winning. He wanted to start rebuilding right after they got their fifth championship. Jackson didn't see it that way, so he told Jackson, there's the door. Now, on top of that, Jordan said he would not play for another coach if it wasn't Jackson. So Jackson is gone, which means ultimately Michael Jordan's gone. But nobody knows that Jordan's going to leave. Jordan, in the back of his mind, knows that he's going to leave because Jackson is leaving. So this will be his final year. So we treated it as if this was going to be his final year and that this is what he's got to do for the city of Chicago, show how much he loves them. In Pippen's mind... He knows that Kraus is a douche. Just straight up. He's not a good guy. And he wasn't always like that. But Pippen seeing how much he was getting paid definitely affected his, his mindset, which is why he wanted to be off the team. And I don't blame him. 
$2 million a year for seven years, it's not fair, especially when you're one of the top players in the league every year. It's not fair. And then on top of that, Rodman's antics weren't what made him want to leave. What makes Rodman want to leave is, really, I saw his... I used, From what I know, Rodman had problems with his lower body throughout the last couple seasons of him in Chicago. So obviously his body was taking a toll from the game, and eventually he was going to have to retire or leave. And once Jordan and Pippen leave, who's left? I mean, think about it. If those two guys go, your two best buddies, why are you staying? There's no point to stay. So eventually Rodman's going to leave too. So that's three guys plus your coach who got you the six championships all gone. And what was the point? To rebuild and draft the next Michael Jordan and make the next super team. Unfortunately, Jerry Krause had no idea what he was doing and he was in over his head because he forgot that there's nobody like Michael Jordan out there. At that time, there was nobody like Jordan. You couldn't name a single player. Jordan just had this spark and energy about him that a lot of players didn't have, and they lacked it. So you're not going to find a player like that. Maybe in other players at the time, the only one I, the only other one I would think of that's young and's got that spark that Jordan had was Kobe. But that's it. Nobody else really had that big spark that opened the eyes of fans, coaches, and teams alike. Nobody else had that. And I think that's where Krause didn't take to account. So as a result, the team sucked. And it still continues to suck today because they can't even make a playoffs. I mean, that's embarrassing. Even with Zach Levine. But now comes the second question, which comes from the second episode about Pippen. Now keep in mind, I like Pippen. I like Scotty. My problem is that Scotty at times, seemed like he was a little more about himself than the team. And that's, and that's fair, because at times, sometimes you got to be a little selfish. And in this case, with the contract he got, in a way, he kind of did it to himself. So before you guys come at me, let me explain real quick by telling you what the second question is. Was Pippen wrong to demand a trade? Let's look at everything here. He signs a seven-year, $18 million contract back in the 90s, early 90s, like 90-91. And so he gets paid over $2 million a year, every year for seven years. Non-negotiable. The owner told him, don't sign it, hold out for more money. He didn't want to do it because he wanted to help those who got him there now. He wanted to help those who were pushing him into his career and got him to where he is today. So he wanted to repay them. So he didn't want to hold out for more money and have to wait for that check to come in. He wanted to get it now and just not worry about it anymore. So he just took it. And from there, Krause said, we're not negotiating again. This is it. We're not going to give you another contract until it's up. So for the next seven years, he played under $2 million contract and continued to be one of the top performers in the NBA with Jordan. And when you're playing that well, you deserve a big contract. Don't, I mean, I agree on that. He deserves the big contract. Where I do feel it's different is that he kind of did it to himself to have this situation arise because he didn't have to take the contract. He could have held out. Now, he's coming off an injury he suffered in the Eastern Conference Finals the season before 
And rather than screw up his summer and enjoy his time, he decided, you know what? I'm going to enjoy my time before I get the surgery to repair the tendon. And so he enjoys his summer because he realizes the organization doesn't care for him. And so when he comes back, he's like, oh, I got to get surgery. So from there, he gets a surgery, and for the next two to three months, he sits there injured, can't play. Kraus is pissed, and Kraus starts taking it out on him and the players, and Pippin don't like that. So Pippin now is pissed, and so he now has lost respect for the organization, including Kraus. And at that point, Pippin decides, you know what? Y'all don't want me here. I don't got to play for you. So he demands a trade and says he won't play until he gets a trade. He won't put on a Chicago Bulls uniform ever again. Jerry Krause did not want to trade him. He didn't. He wanted to keep him, but he didn't want to pay him. So it was unfair to Pippen. In a way, am I going to say that Pippen was wrong for that to get that trade? I'm going to say no. Because in that aspect, if you're constantly performing at a high level, you deserve to get a bigger contract because you're playing that well. However, I do believe that in some ways, yes, he was wrong to demand the trade because Jordan put it best. He put his needs before the team. And if you are playing for the Chicago Bulls, you know that you have to put the team first. That's why they've played so well in the 90s. Think about it. Jordan was carrying that team throughout the 80s. And then once they decided to implement the triangle offense after Doug Collins left, thanks to Phil Jackson, all of a sudden they started winning. And they started winning consistently. Jordan was spreading the ball out to Pippen and making sure everybody was getting their their fair share. Think about it. Kerr was getting the ball. Kukoc was getting the ball. Wennington was getting the ball. Everybody was getting the ball and The Rock, and they were performing well and doing what they had to do to get the wins. It was no longer just Jordan doing the work. So, he knows what it's like to go from doing it all yourself and feeling like you deserve that money to now, I'm playing for for my team. I'm playing for the city of Chicago, not for myself. And Pippen, at that point, was like, I'm the best player in the league. I need money. I need to get paid. So I understand the aspect of what Jordan's saying because he says he didn't put the team first. He put actually his own needs in front of it, which is unfair to him and the rest of the unit, including Jackson. So I get that point. In terms, though, of overall, I think it can go either way. I think, in a way, if you look at the point of individualism and wanting to actually be able to take care of yourself and people in your life then yeah, obviously I would say it was right to demand a trade. Because you want to go to a team that's going to pay you the money and show they care about you. But I do think it it can also be wrong if you call yourself a team player and you don't actually play for the team because you're holding out to leave the team. It's those different things. It can go either way depending on how you look at it. But the funny part is, that wasn't the craziest part of this series. It's episodes 3 and 4 that drove you nuts because Dennis Rodman's in it. Rodman, we all know, is a character in his own. He's done so much in the NBA. Known as great defense and one of the best rebounders you have ever seen in your life. Yet, 
you look at him on the Bulls and you start questioning to yourself, how important is Rodman to this team? And Jordan put it best. In that final season when everybody was together, Rodman needed to step up with Pippen's absence. And he actually did. After Jordan had a long, stern talking with him, Rodman realized he's got to be control himself and do what's best for the team. So he's picked it up the pace, and he was getting the rebounds and helping the entire team play well. Because of that, they started winning and winning. They were going on a streak. They were doing really well. And then he burned out. But we'll get to that part later. The question is here, without Rodman, could the Chicago Bulls have gotten a three-peat? And here's what I'm going to say. I don't believe that they would get the three-peat, but I do think they could still win a championship. Because it's not just Rodman getting the rebounds. It's about having a guy with an aggressive nature of his type, not caring about what's going to happen to the other player. He cares about the team and, and getting his team in the right position to win. So if he's got to hurt the other player, he's not afraid to. That's how Rodman played. And that came from being part of the bad boys in Detroit. That built that mentality. So when he came to Chicago, he kept that. He played a little smarter, but he never lost that bad boy mentality. And that's why the Bulls were so successful with him. Take him out of the equation, I don't think the Bulls would have been as aggressive as they were. I don't think so. I think you take Rodman out, I don't think you're going to be able to find another player that plays at that level that Rodman did. On defense especially. So because of that, I have to say they might get one championship, but they won't three-peat. No way in my mind do I see it happening. And it's not because I don't think they're capable of it. It's because missing a a big component like that in the locker room and on the court, it just it does a number on the team. The energy just drops. It's it's not it's not gonna work out. But Rodman meant a lot to this Bulls unit. And it was shown when it goes wrong if he can't play. Rodman's mind is burnout and now he doesn't feel like he can perform at the same level he is now at that point. So, Rodman tells Jordan, hey, I need a vacation. Jordan's like, the hell? You need a vacation? I need a vacation. But, Rodman, the reason why Rodman wanted the vacation was because he needed to get his mind cleared up and try to actually get his energy out. Because he had like, he had like this anxious energy. He was tired. He needed to get it, get back into the right mindset. He had been playing so hard that his mind actually went, so he was not in the right place. So he talks to Jackson, and they agree that we're going to send Rodman to Vegas. And Jordan's like, you got to put a time restriction on him because we won't ever see him again. So Jackson says it's fair. He tells Rodman, 48 hours. You got to be in Vegas for 48 hours, and then you're back here. And Rodman said, I could do that. Rodman walks away, gets ready to go to Vegas. Jordan tells Jackson, you're out of your mind. There's no way he'll be back in 48 hours. Next thing you know, he's gone missing. He's gone missing for four days, pretty much. I mean, that's nuts. He just disappeared in Vegas with his girlfriend, Carmen Electra, at the time. 
But it brings up a good point looking into how Rodman manipulated the situation. With that vacation that he got, does it help the Bulls more than just disciplining him for not being able to perform? And I think on the aspect of discipline, I think I mean more of just on the side of he wasn't there and they really missed him because you need somebody like that who's aggressive on the team and not having him could result in discipline. He went past the restrictions and yet you need to discipline him for it. You, should you fine him? Should you suspend him? What are you going to do? But on the other end, that vacation fixed his mind up, cleared him up. He was ready to come in and start working. The second that Jordan had to go chase him down. He came in, he was back at that same level he had when he was leaving and when he was in his prime that season. So he comes back, he's fully energized, he's ready to go, he's destroying the workouts. Robin's back. So the question is, did... Rodman need that vacation? Oh, yeah, he did. Of course he needed that vacation. Everybody needs a vacation once in a while because your mind gets burnt out and you don't know what you're going to do from there. Like, you're, you're just confused. You can't come up with a cohesive thought and as a result, you can't perform mentally at the same level you could when you actually had uh, full energy, when you were fully rested and you were in a good state of mind. In Robin's case, he wasn't, so he needed the vacation. Even if it meant staying a little longer, yeah, he, he needed it. Because this is, this is what Rodman needed. This is how Rodman got his energy back and his groove back. So I think it was a good thing to let him go on that vacation. What I don't think was good was just the fact that Jordan had to physically go to Vegas and get him back. Because I can't explain what it's like when a player disappears. You, you give him a little leeway and he just runs away with it. That's something that a team doesn't want from their players and those typical antics get you fired and you lose your job for it. And in this case, Rodman didn't lose his job. He actually came back and played really well. And that's why he didn't lose his job. But the point is, in general, you don't do that to your team. So maybe there could have been some discipline in there. I don't know. But I think the reason why it didn't happen was Rodman knew he screwed up and that he let Jordan down. And so he came back knowing, I got I to gotta come in and I got to prove myself to these guys once again. I let them down. I need to get their trust back. So Rodman is doing just that. He comes back with this new energy he got coming from Vegas and this motivation, and now he's playing back at that level he was before he left. And that's what made Rodman better that season. And that's what made him different from a lot of players. The fact that he could disappear, go on a vacation, come back, and start going absolutely ballistic on teams. And I think that's something important to note, that Rodman was like that. So, yeah, he deserved that vacation, and he did a lot with it. Now, in Jordan's case, he wouldn't like the vacation too, yeah. But without Jordan there, the team would have been worse off because Jordan was the leader that they needed and the voice they needed in that locker room. Take him out of the equation, that team can't even win one game. I don't care if Pippen came back or not and Rodman stayed. Without Jordan, that team ain't anything. And I hate to say it, but that's the truth.
No one pushed the team harder than Jordan did. And you could ask anybody that. No one was like him. So overall, I think my experience so far from the last dance is we're learning a lot of new information that we didn't know was going on. Especially for those living in the 90s and the 80s with those Bulls teams. And living in the city of Chicago. I don't think anybody knew what was going on behind the scenes. We all knew that this team was going to fall apart eventually because dynasties can't last forever. But looking at knowing how severe the situation was behind the scenes, that is eye-opening and shows a lot of why this all ended up happening and why everything fell apart after that. So, I really do think that this is worth the watch for you guys. If you guys want to watch The Last Dance, set it to record on your DVR or get ESPN Plus and watch it on your TV anytime you want. If you download the ESPN app, it could be anything. But I'm telling you, don't miss out on this. This is, you are going to regret not watching this. The Last Dance is incredible. Especially for people who never got to watch Jordan play. It is incredible to watch. And you start to see what greatness truly looks like. Someone who just moves different, plays different, shoots different. That is what makes Jordan, Jordan, and that's what makes a GOAT. And I think it's worth watching a GOAT play at a high level even at that late point in his career. It's mesmerizing. But that's going to do it for us here at Brick Nation. I'm your host, the Sideline Statsman. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at TStatsman and on Instagram at T underscore Statsman. We'll have another episode up on Friday for you guys. But until then, we'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.